0: Hi, I'm Miriam Burke and I'm Eving McBride and welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week we'll be bringing
1: you insights, advice and our own personal experiences along with some great guests to help you, our listeners navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting. Just to let you know in advance, this episode deals with issues surrounding fertility and pregnancy loss. In this episode, brought to you by Proceve, we're joined by Dr. Michelle Hone from the Fit Clinic to talk about fertility nutrition, how you can support egg and sperm health ahead of conception, and all the essential nutrients you need during pregnancy and beyond.
2: So, Michelle, how important is nutrition when it comes to fertility? So, so important. And I think it's so interesting when you think about it. We put so much time and effort into planning buying a house getting your mortgage designing your house and then planning and preparation into like getting ourselves prepped for getting married making sure our skin is glowing our hair is glossy and then when it comes to making a baby arguably arguably the most monumental thing your body's ever going to do there's no planning and preparation for it we're just supposed to whether it's come off this contraceptive pill or just try and see what happens and my favorite motto is it takes 12 months to make a baby and what we mean by this is there's a three to four month window prior to conception where you really have a chance to optimize the health of the egg and the sperm. So, of course, we know that when it comes to egg health, it will our, our egg health will naturally decline with age. That's just the way it is. There's nothing we can do about that. But there is that kind of three to four months prior to ovulation before we release an egg where... We really have this chance to optimize its health because it goes through this sprint to maturity and it grows and grows and grows in that three to four month window and it's really important that we protect it from stress, we protect it from inflammation and oxidative damage and just put like a safety blanket around it essentially and do everything that we can to really nurture and protect it during that window so to answer your question, yes, 100% nutrition plays a huge, huge role. Um, so my recommendations behind um, preconception nutrition is all about um, making sure that you are getting all your different fruits and veg in, making sure it's a big variety of like your different colours, like your reds, your yellows, your greens. Like make sure you're not honing in on one specific colour. It's not all red peppers and tomatoes. It's make sure you're getting in your greens and your yellows and your oranges. Um that's a big thing all your different colors are going to contain different micronutrients different antioxidants which are going to really really help the health of the egg and the sperm and the other thing would be omega-3 fatty acids that's a big one especially for your third trimester in pregnancies
0: like what do you take for that, what contains the omega? So
2: your your omega three fatty acids are, is in your fish oils. So your um your oily fish. So your I use the acronym SMASH to remember. So your salmon, your mackerel, your anchovies, your sardines, and your herring. So they're all your oily fish, which contain omega three fatty acids. I actually don't think I had one of those
0: during my pregnancy, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this Oops. is the thing because
1: some people you know like i actually do really like fish but there's certain fish that are especially with the oily fish they can kind of turn your stomach a little bit and i think mm. when you're pregnant especially you can kind of go off certain foods like you obviously you yeah. crave certain foods but you also go off things like quite like violently you can't be near them 100%. so you know i suppose that's i suppose where supplements come into play because you know you can supplement your diet um
2: It's not going to replace food, obviously, but... 100%, yeah. So, like, in particular, omega-3 fatty acids. So, you should be ideally aiming for two portions of oily fish per week. But, you know yourself, like, not a lot of us get that. Sometimes, as you say, you have a lot of food aversions during pregnancy. So... And oily fish is probably the last thing, like salmon or mackerel or trout is probably the last thing you want to be eating. Um, so that's definitely where your omega-3 um, fatty acids come in. And I would nearly say as well, like even if you are having oily fish, there's no harm in actually adding it in as well, like a daily um, fish oil. So Proceve in particular have an omega-3 fatty acid that has is high in EPA and DHA. So they're your two um, particular omega-3 fatty acids that have the benefit.
0: And in particular, it's actually quite high in DHA. And you can take the supplement at the same time as like eating a lot of that kind of fish as well. You're not going to just have too much. Overdose. You just have to yeah. be mindful. Like you just have to be mindful
2: of your bigger fish, like your tuna and your swordfish and things like that for mercury because you mm-hmm. want to keep your mercury oh, yeah, really, really yeah. low during pregnancy. Yeah. And, just something me, to bear in and mind: tuna was
1: one of the things when I was having my second baby when I was pregnant, I craved it so much at the start. Mm. When like, you know, at the start when like I was like couldn't eat a lot of things and I just was craving a tuna sambos. Like I just was eating tuna sweet corn. <laughs> mayonnaise like and you're only supposed to have it like twice a week trying to like ration myself but I suppose going back a little bit so you know um obviously within the different the three trimesters of gestation you know your body requires different things but preconception you know and we do focus a lot on the women but like men have their part to play too in in kind of preparing their sperm for
2: conception a hundred percent so it takes two to tango if you think about it the embryo is made up as of 50 percent you and 50 percent them so any sort of issues that can go wrong with the embryo that can result in um, issues or difficulty getting pregnant or early pregnancy loss is 50% of the story is, is a male factor and um, so it's really really important that they keep on top of their nutrition and their supplementation and their lifestyle and um, I would say as well like a prenatal is not just for women a prenatal is also for men and um, so similar to egg health they have a two to three um, month window where they can optimize the health of the sperm because that's how long it takes for it to actually form and um, so there's a lot that you can do from a nutrition lifestyle supplementation perspective all your different fruits and veg your omega-3 fatty acids and um, and having a balanced diet and what we mean by this is your carbs your fats and proteins like not too much not too little of each and um obviously kind of if you can like pare back on the more refined um, foods and the more more refined, delicious foods, those mm, kind of things. The ones that you
0: know that probably you should probably shouldn't be overdoing it on. The same thing like that diet sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. And like I know it's it's healthy and sometimes when we think of healthy stuff. It's like it's not going to be that tasty. But this like that balance of the colors that you were saying earlier, it's actually once you get into it, it's it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And like the Mediterranean diet is lovely. Yeah. If only we live in the Mediterranean and have the same weather I
1: I think that that is the thing like I um I think a lot of people are quite naive uh, about you know especially if they're trying for their first baby and you know especially if you're kind of gonna leave it up to chance and see what happens you know and you don't even think, you don't get that technical about it, about kind of, you know, okay, I have a three-month window to improve my egg health here. And also, I think a lot of the focus is on getting pregnant. Like, it's not even about the health of the egg or the sperm. Um, and my first pregnancy was actually a chemical pregnancy that ended in, well, I, I I don't know if you can actually call it miscarriage. Like, I don't know if that's the correct term. Um, but I was basically pregnant for, like, a week and then miscarried well or the pregnancy ended um and I kind of was just so kind of like shocked that it didn't work because I had been trying um and then decided to stop trying because I was like I'm going to give myself a few months off and then got pregnant with my daughter kind of by accident which maybe was just I think probably part of my personality of like high stress kind of like Mm -hmm getting Organized, like I had all the apps. I was like lying in bed, taking my temperature every single morning before I even moved to try and see had like my basal temperature increased that I was pregnant, you know. Like, and I was driving myself crazy. That really stresses you out, more, yeah, yeah. So, I think when I stopped doing all of that, obviously, my body, like something maybe kind of was a hormonal shift, or like just I don't know who knows. Listen, like, pregnancy loss happens for a number of different reasons. Um, but I suppose. I wasn't in the like prepping my body for a baby mindset, so I was like going out, you know. I was like, I was actually living in New York at the time, so we were like going out all the time, you know, like drinking, eating pizza. Like there wasn't really a focus on nutrition or health from my perspective because I actually was just really focused on the f- well. Before I was the first pregnancy, I was really focused on getting pregnant, and I kind of just was like throwing caution to the wind the second time, and. Um, and then obviously when I was having my son I was actually more aware so I kind of was I suppose more conscious of like getting myself ready and it was in the middle of a lockdown so we weren't going out there was like nothing to do you know mm-hmm. I felt like there was like it was like the perfect time yeah, um, to have a baby but when can you I suppose turn things around so say so you get pregnant maybe it isn't planned uh, you haven't been taking your folic acid or you know any sort of supplements like how c- can you kind of change things like day one if you start taking your supplements
2: can that actually improve things 100 percent. so like with folic acid in particular the it ideally should be taken it three months prior to conception but you know yourself a lot of pregnancies are a little bit of a surprise a little bit unplanned Um, so ideally the recommendations are actually that if you are of child bearing and actually active you should just be taking folic acid anyway Um. I would also be, always be mindful of the form of folic acid that you're taking. So vitamin B9, a.k.a. folic acid, is it's an essential vitamin for pregnancy and it prevents the instance of neural tube defects. We know that. Um, but there's two different forms of of this vitamin B9. There's folic acid, which is the synthetic form that everyone kind of refers to. And then there's what we call methyl folate, um, which is the more natural form. So you'll find folate and folate in your greens. Um, folate actually comes from the word um, foliage. It's Latin for foliage. So your foliage is your green veg. So it's really high in your green veg. So your two forms, folic acid is synthetic and your is is naturally occurring. And the funny thing is when it comes to your synthetic form, It has to go through this really long process in order to be converted to something that your body can actually use, which is your methalfolate, which is your usable form. Um, And it's quite a a complicated process. And what's really interesting is more than 50 percent of women actually contain a genetic mutation, which hinders this ability to convert it to its usable, usable form. So. The best thing to do is to look for um, it's it in its already active form, its biological form, which is your methylfolate. Again, this is something that Proceive has. It's already it's a slightly more expensive form, um, but it just goes to show they've gone through the process of looking through the literature and seeing what's more bioavailable, what's more readily used by your body. Um, so yes, folic acid, 100%. Um, if you're not taking it three months prior to conception, that's okay. Just start taking it as soon as you do fall pregnant.
1: And one of the other kind of, I suppose, key nutrients that you should really kind of focus on
2: when either between like trying to conceive or you find out you're pregnant so one the ones that would be really important would be your b vitamins especially your b12 that's going to be really important for energy for energy metabolism especially in the first trimester when like you're really really tired like uh, can you guys remember that tiredness and
1: and it's the worst because you're trying to conceal what's actually going on so you're trying to pretend you're totally normal and like
2: you're like, it's like you're having the worst hangover of your life. Yeah. yeah. And i that's one thing that, like, is such a deterrent for me for trying for a second baby because I'm like, I can't imagine this tiredness with uh, running around after a mad toddler. Like, I just can't.
0: <laughs> I was actually, I think that I was more exhausted in those first, in the first trimester than I was with a newborn. If you know, it's a, oh, it's it's a different tiredness. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: like, I, it's just like you're so it's like this it's lethargy drain yeah. oh my god yeah so it's what can crazy you take for that? <laughs> so your your B vitamins are really okay. important for giving you energy and um, again what's really cool is proceed have them in their methylated form which means that they bypass this whole process that some people don't can't do as well as others and um, B vitamins are so so important Iron is going to be important as well. Um, but again, like supplements are supplements. They're there to supplement your diet. Um, iron, like you can obviously get from your red meat and your greens and that kind of thing. A lot more so red meat than you would from your greens. Um, but a, 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 a multivitamin or a prenatal is like, I call it like an insurance policy. It's just to make sure that you have all of your bases covered and everything. You have everything in the right levels. That's important.
0: Something I used to do again, just like thinking back of those um, early days of the first trimester was drink a lot of coffee and I know that that is like not recommended um or you should really limit um and I feel kind of guilty about that but like I needed to I was working and I needed to like that cup of coffee to yeah. stay awake. yeah and like some
1: people go off coffee but I I actually did go off it weirdly in my first pregnancy but my and, like that should have been the biggest telltale sign when I stopped rocking into work with like a coffee first thing <laughs> <laughs> um but Yeah, my second pregnancy, I like
0: didn't go off it at all. And I wanted all the coffee. Yeah. So, but I mean, so there's obviously some things that are recommended you don't do. Um, And obviously, like, I don't want anyone to feel to feel bad. Anyone who's listening to be like, oh, my God, I drank coffee, too. And I did this and that because it is. But you're loud, Yeah. You're yeah loud. And, and like what I
2: talk about is like the best case scenario. Like there's things yeah. that I didn't do that we should have been do- like even you're saying like, oh, well, I was out like, that's fine. Your baby was absolutely fine. But I'm saying if you can do these things, amazing. Like it's a bonus. Mm, like, yeah. obviously, like the basics are important. Um, but what the basics d- for me
0: would just be taking yeah. a prenatal. Really, okay. that's so important. Yeah. And um, are there other things that like if you do find yourself pregnant and you're like craving the bad stuff, is there something are there some things that you definitely should 100% avoid?
2: um so like talking about caffeine talking about caffeine like the the
0: recommendation is no
2: more than 200 milligrams of caffeine which is kind of like two like store-bought like strong coffees but at the same time like everyone's different in how they metabolize caffeine so you can have like be a fast metabolizer of caffeine or a slow metabolizer of caffeine so i for example would be a really slow metabolizer of caffeine which means it stays in my system for a really long time and it has these quite negative effects so I would find if I had a coffee I would literally be like bouncing off the walls I'd be really nearly anxious and jittery and it's like nearly not a nice feeling whereas some people I know even you're saying that you could have coffee 10 p.m at night and go to bed yeah it has absolutely no I don't even I think it's more
1: habitual like I have a coffee in the morning because it's like something I do it's like a ritual you know what I mean and like I crave the ritual rather than the caffeine because I d- it just doesn't seem to have any effect on me. Or maybe I'm just so exhausted <laughs> that like not even caffeine can keep I me up. I definitely
0: can go to sleep now while having a late coffee, which I didn't, wasn't yeah. able to do before. And I think it's just down to pure tiredness. Yeah. A and tolerance as well. Yeah. So like your
2: tolerance or your sensitivity to caffeine like decreases the more that you have it. Mm-hmm. So like, but if you find that you're a person who is sensitive to the effects of caffeine, like so if you're a slow metabolizer of, of caffeine, you have a really low tolerance for it what's happening is you're releasing cortisol and adrenaline which is like our stress hormones which really we want to be able to keep at bay like in preconception and during pregnancy so yes the research says that like the maximum is 200 milligrams but I know myself and I know clients that if they had 100 milligrams they'd be really really ramped up which is not Mm -hmm. what we want to kind of minimize so it's it's really just about listening to your own body so yes bearing in mind what the recommendations are but also like being intuitive with your own body as well
1: Because like some people even get into such detail that they like won't eat that much chocolate because of
2: the caffeine content yeah because like, there is like especially yeah. dark chocolate like no joke I wouldn't be able to have too much dark chocolate before beds. really yeah, yeah it's crazy and no. it's not a placebo like it's like it's 100% <laughs> or even a Diet Coke I couldn't have like I a feel Diet like th- I'm dead inside Like I feel <laughs> like, <laughs> like no <laughs> I'm coffee. on another level no I'm just so sensitive I could eat like so, a bag so of and
1: like drink a, a liter of Coke Zero and then like <laughs> <laughs> fall into the deepest slumber so, <laughs> I
0: don't know what really that says that is really interesting me. to know though and I probably is going to be quite comforting when relieving for people to hear who you know who who do feel like they're having too much of something mm-hmm. or you know even in other cases too little of other things that yeah. you it's it's not one size fits all you mm-hmm. know people are people are different and they cope with things in different ways and yeah
2: and like a lot of people stress about like the first trimester like a lot mm. of people
0: message me and a lot of uh, on Instagram and then
2: a lot of clients will say, like, all I want is beige carbohydrates. They're totally freaking out. But, like, it's okay. Like, so many of us have only eaten beige carbohydrates for the I'm first 14 years. I'm like, yes. And yes. our babies are fine. Yeah. But, like, there's a couple of, like, little smart swaps that I find really effective. So, like, instead of having, like, your Jacob's cream crackers, you could get something like, you know, your, like, Narn's oat cakes or something like that. So there's more nutrients in your oats. Um, instead of having, like, your white pasta, have, like, your spelt pasta or your rice pasta or brown pasta. And um, What I find really, really good is people struggle with food but they don't struggle with fluid so like pop like berries into your smoothie and like even like spinach and kale they actually don't I promise they don't taste they don't taste like anything no, in don't. your you can even get the frozen spinach pods and they actually act like ice cubes in your smoothie I swear on my life they <laughs> don't taste like anything um so like even stuff like that would just be a really good way of knowing that you're getting like good nutrients in, but you're able to actually tolerate them if you do have nausea or like yeah. food aversions.
0: That's a, that's a great, actually such a great tip because obviously um, people want to eat well, but like they just don't like the taste of the nice mm-hmm. food sometimes. So knowing that you actually just won't taste it, but you're getting the benefits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I do think as well like this is totally trying to alleviate my own guilt of like diet of like <laughs> yeah. I literally she was like obsessed with toast for my first pregnancy oh, yeah. and like because I didn't have any other kids or like anyone really to look after and um, my husband couldn't look after himself um, and <laughs> I would just come home from work and like lol hindsight like I just you know being super precious being like I'm so tired because I'm pregnant and I like with my two kids I'm like oh my god you don't even know what tired <laughs> oh, this was know. um but <laughs> yeah I would literally just sidestep eating or making dinner and I would probably eat about like I'm not gonna lie the, the toast you know like the toast pan that's like the thicker slices of bread yeah I'd say I used to have like about six or eight slices of toast for nice. my dinner <laughs> and then I put on like 4k not was it 4 no, 20, a fourth down like 20 kgs <laughs> for his pregnancy. And I was like, I just don't know where it came from. But we you're like, I'm listening <laughs> but to it my was body. My like, body wants toast. You know, the big yeah. toast
2: um, pans. Uh, How I awesome. knew I was yeah, pregnant okay. was well, I, well, was, I well. was eating marmalade like it was coming out of my ears like really? just marmalade citrus oh my god yeah obsessed. I've right. heard about that actually about oranges um, and yeah. a friend of mine like craved
0: oranges for one of her pregnancies and she had a boy as well so maybe my that's mother, a thing. My mother was pregnant or when my mother was pregnant with us she had twins I'm, I have a twin and oh, nice. um, she also craved oranges yeah yeah citrus and is we a big craving never liked oranges growing up when we were just like you had too many when oh, you were that's interesting. Those. i don't um, think it works like that but
1: or tomatoes i was a, i was really craving tomato like anything in a vinegary yeah you know, like tomatoes and like balsamic
2: vinegar Yeah like the premise Around food cravings Is that Your body Intuitively knows What you actually need And that's why You crave it Which is really interesting Why did I crave magnums then Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's magnesium In chocolate So that must have been it Like what's in the White spice
1: Yeah Um, But yeah No that is the thing Like I think You know uh, When you're trying To kind of get everything get your head around everything especially in a first pregnancy Mm -hmm. and then you know you're obviously kind of fretting about nutrition as you're also trying not to puke like that's very counterintuitive um so you know smoothies you just mentioned that's a really good tip are there any other kind of things like are bananas good i've heard bananas are good for kind of keeping nausea at bay
2: yeah they're good um like it's all about what you'll find is that i don't know if you guys notice this it is your nausea will generally be worse when you're hungry so that's why it's bad first time in the morning because your blood sugar your hunger is at its worst or your blood sugars are at their lowest so what you should ideally be doing is trying to stabilise your blood sugars throughout the day Um, and how you do that is by yes eating carbohydrates but trying to add in a source of like protein or a source of fats to your carbohydrates because what that does is it actually brings down the response of the blood sugar that's going to happen so if you imagine you wake up and you just have like toast and cereal and that's just that's basically like carbs with carbs what happens is your blood sugar increases and what goes up must come down so when your blood sugar comes down that's when you you're you get hungry and that's when your nausea tends to be worse again so the key is really um managing your blood sugars and adding in like a source of protein a source of fats like something as simple as instead of just having like your toast like make sure there's like peanut butter or something like that or adding in fiber as well so like smearing some like raspberries or something like that uh, like it on that would help because again fiber adding in fiber is going to bring down the blood sugar response as well and so really managing your blood sugars and having balanced meals so carbs fats and protein if you can like obviously i remember just sitting down to like the only thing i could stomach was a bowl of potatoes mm. and two slices of toast it was just beige on beige yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so you've been really hung over yeah. <laughs> and the
0: um cream crackers as well like a lot of people just eat chomp them yeah, yeah it's, the, the, dryness. it's yeah. the dryness yeah <laughs> i was lucky because stomach. i didn't have um any morning sickness at all wow, oh i just God. had the complete exhaustion but like at the time you know when I got pregnant I was it was Christmas time and I I was kind of trying but not you know Mm -hmm. not that serious I thought it would take I thought it would take the 12 months that you're talking about um and so like I was boozing up a storm as well and like (laughs) I I I do I admit it um because I like my baby is fine and uh, and I really really grappled with the fact that I had like had been drinking when I was pregnant without knowing, obviously. Yeah. Um, Which I think has to be like 90 something percent oh, of the population, definitely. you know, yeah. well, unless, unless you are again in this cohort of people who are really, really trying and who are. um, making such an effort, you know, not yeah. to do So the, this yeah, is something worse. that I was gonna say, yeah. like again, like ideally, like you've three months prior
2: to conception where I would say in an ideal world you should nearly act like you're already pregnant, which like mm-hmm. not a lot of us do. But w- these kind of rules really apply for people who are struggling. And what they what you want to do is make sure that there's no stone unturned before they have to go for something like fertility assistance and that mm-hmm. kind of thing or further investigation. So um general population who aren't trying to like who aren't struggling um it's okay if you were drinking like even when you were pregnant like it's it's not ideal but it's fine everyone ended up fine <laughs> yeah yeah in, we're, in
0: our case we'll, still here yeah <laughs> my mom smoked
2: on my whole pra- her whole pregnancy on me Really? like smoked for the whole pregnancy and you're right?
1: tall so like yeah. it's not even yeah. it's like no, you know salary. one of those things of like smoking makes you have tiny babies i was nine pound four yeah i was well, huge. maybe she needed to yeah maybe it was like an
2: evolutionary thing she was like i need to keep this child,
1: I need to shrink this
0: child. <laughs> that did happen so much though with um uh the you know, the generation before us so our mothers like there was smoking going well, on and, and passive
1: smoking do you yeah, mean, like, yeah. Like my Even dad bad. actually smoked until we were small children and then he gave up and he's never smoked since which is amazing but like I'd say in my early childhood and my mom was pregnant with me like there was not just my dad I'd say it was like you go into a house with smoke everywhere yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah and we're it's, all fine, yeah, we're all <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> but it's only recently
0: actually thinking about it that um you do go into smoke free environments like that's Mm -hmm. a recent thing yeah Yeah. Um, and
1: also we're so hyper conscious and aware of like even though I'm joking saying about the toasts and stuff you know like or you know eating beige food like I was aware of the responsibility of keeping myself healthy and like trying to you know ensure that my pregnancy was as healthy as possible.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure like um, you're honing in on one meal and I'm, I'm OK. If you had that a few times in the pregnancy, you're like, I had it every night. But like if you have nights, to look at your yeah. nutrition on on a spectrum of like yeah. a couple of weeks, couple of months, I'm yeah. sure there was really healthy things in there. there. was was totally <laughs> loads of salmon.
0: Um, <laughs> but if we could rewind just a little bit again back to the um, the people who are in that phase where, where they're trying to get pregnant mm-hmm. and they're doing everything that they Um, that they think that they can or you know they're doing all their research so you know from a nutritional point of view what would you say is like the optimum meals and
2: The optimum meals is really again just making sure it's balanced. Adding in as much like your half of your plate should ideally be veg in an ideal world, um, especially for like your lunches and your dinners. Um, So for breakfast, it's again making sure you've got like a good source of carbohydrates, maybe something like a bowl of porridge. You've got you're adding in a protein source, maybe some like yogurt. you're adding in like fiber and different micronutrients healthy fats from your nuts and seeds and fiber is going to give fiber is going to come from like your raspberries your blueberries your different fruits that you're going to pop on your porridge and then another breakfast alternative eggs are so important and we tend to steer clear of eggs like pr- um during pregnancy because of the risk of salmonella and um, mm, i didn't know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's, no no know it's so, <laughs> so no it's only really runny eggs
1: and okay. um, that's what the oh, risk yeah, know, is oh yeah i know that is actually the like you can't have your nice runny
2: poached eggs yeah um yeah i remember that now i did but anyway um (laughs) (laughs) it's fine um the risk is really really low but at the same time i'm not going to go against what the what the government guidelines are um but we tend to steer clear of eggs but eggs are so important they have a thing called choline in them which is vital for um vital for pregnancy so again anyone who's not having eggs um or anything like meat or fish like a vegan or vegetarian like has to be on a good quality prenatal that has choline in it as well that's so important um so yeah they, those would be like those would be a good um good kind of ideas for for breakfast and like
0: what if you have allergies to certain important ingredients can you like eat, like eggs i'm just thinking about eggs because my little boy has an egg allergy that we're trying to get him on the egg ladder but obviously he can't eat eggs in the way that we want him to which is like all the ways because they're such handy foods and um, but it means that we've actually reduced our intake as well similar nutrients to your eggs would be what you find in like your your other animal products like your dairy
2: and your fish and your um your different meats and that kind of thing um so making sure you're getting those different variety in as well as mm-hmm. obviously your fruit and veg and your whole grains and nuts and seeds and all the fun stuff <laughs> yeah. I suppose yeah. one of the biggest things for me was iron when I was pregnant
1: because um I think I naturally have low iron but I also don't eat red meat. I don't like I eat fish but I don't eat any other meat. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm not really like I like I'm basically one of those people who's like oh yeah I don't eat dairy and then like I'm wolfing down my bar of chocolate. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So face, first, face first, down in like first, a tub for, of yeah, Ben & Jerry's. Exactly. I'm like oh no I don't take milk in my tea but <laughs> I will be like yeah eating a pint of ice cream. Um so uh, what can you do if your if your diet is low in iron um or I even find like, I think my body finds it really hard to absorb iron um, and I had to be tested quite regularly. So, you know, is, is a supplement kind of necessary
2: if you want to ensure that your iron levels are kind of stabilized throughout your pregnancy? Yeah, 100 percent. And that will generally be a recommendation from the GP. If you do have low, low iron, they will generally put you on a um, an iron supplement, definitely. Yeah. And then, but obviously if you don't eat meat, what other kind
1: of things can you eat that are good and good, higher in iron? Is it like green leafy veg? So yes, it's green
2: leafy veg is great, but at the same time it's not the form of iron that we would get from our red meat. So it's a lot more difficult to absorb. So yes, it's really important to eat your greens, but I wouldn't be relying too heavily on your greens either for your iron needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, definitely during pregnancy, it would be more so supplement territory. So then kind of, I suppose, not
1: just nutrition per se Mm -hmm. like what other kind of benefits can a supplement have like can it help with your you know um overall health and well-being when you're pregnant you know we touched on b vitamins for energy like you know even if it's not directly affecting the baby like are there certain parts of a supplement that will just have a
2: really hugely beneficial impact on the mother Yeah so like another one would be actually kind of taking it back to the baby in particular it's just one that's that I remember there is iodine. Iodine is really really important for the baby in the first especially the first 20 weeks so the reason for that is they don't have their own thyroid gland and they rely really heavily on the mother's thyroid gland or the mother's thyroid hormone and it is quite demanding um, during pregnancy for, for your thyroid to give everything that you need for yourself and give everything that you need for your baby and iodine essentially is a substrate for thyroid hormone and um, so it's really important that you're getting enough iodine in your diet and iodine's a little bit more difficult to get like it's definitely in your dairy and your seafood but some people don't eat dairy and seafood so it's really important to make sure that you have iodine um and again like the baby not getting sufficient thyroid can potentially have negative implications um especially in the first couple of weeks and that was actually that was the reason potentially I suppose there's no way of 100% knowing but prior to my first baby I actually had um a miscarriage at it was at nine weeks um and it kind of, it was basically what what went undiagnosed was a thyroid issue. So I'd had my bloods done, the, thy- the the GP said that everything was fine, but it was only when I went back retrospectively and looked at them and had done my research in the importance of, of thyroid health. Um, so basically how it works is, if you, you have a, a, thyroid, a thyroid hormone called, um, or sorry, a, a hormone that is produced um, by your brain called thyroid stimulating hormone. And what this does is it stimulates your thyroid to release what it needs to release, your thyroid hormone. And if your thyroid, your TSH is above 4, 4.2, that will be classed as having a low thyroid in normal circumstances. So if you went to the GP and your TSH was 3, they'd be like, "No, your thyroid is perfect." But we know from the research that if you have a TSH value of 3, that is that is detrimental for um if you're trying to conceive. So your thyroid health in normal circumstances is completely like what is considered normal for someone who's not trying to conceive is can be very very much suboptimal or dangerous when it comes to um actually trying to conceive. And there's some GPs that actually don't know about this, which is a little bit uh, and crazy. Would you-
0: could you can you feel it yourself is there any like physical symptoms
2: no so like what it's called um so what i had was called subclinical hypothyroidism and what subclinical means is it's not clinical it's not definitely low thyroid like it doesn't meet the markers exactly, exactly the it doesn't markers. meet that four 4.2 marker so mm-hmm. mine was three yeah. but all the research will show that your th- your tsh should be two prior to two or lower prior to conception ideally because if you think about it if your TSH, your TSH is going to naturally rise during pregnancy because the demands of your thyroid is going up and up and up because that baby is taking the thyroid from you. So the reason your TSH is going up is because it's your thyroid stimulating hormone. Your, your body is trying and trying to get your thyroid to do what it needs to do. So if it is already quite elevated then it can only go so high before it reaches a point where you're not making enough thyroid for you. You're not making enough thyroid for your baby, and not making sufficient thyroid hormone for your baby is or is a cause for early pregnancy loss. Yeah, and it's definitely something that we don't know about. That's not mainstream. Um, and, and again, can you can you correct that with supplements or supplementation? Yes, yeah, potentially. So, um, this would be something that like I would always ask clients to go and get there especially if you have a history of hypothyroidism in your family so my mom would have had hypothyroidism and um, so in in hindsight I should have gone way prior like even six months prior to conception because there is a lot that you can do from a nutrition and lifestyle and supplementation perspective to um to correct like a thiro- providing it's not overly like clinical or it's not um overly significant um so yes 100 percent
1: and then obviously that's a huge thing that I didn't know about so that's really yeah. <laughs> educational and informative but what are there kind of like are there any kind of immunity boosting um mi- vitamins or minerals that you can take when you're pregnant that kind of will help your own immunity because I think I don't know I feel like immunity when you're pregnant like it's just it goes down yeah. it's actually like the baby that's is taking it from you which is great yeah. but so what know, it
2: do what happens is your immune system will will suppress itself and the reason it does that is because the baby is almost seen as something foreign in your body something foreign growing in your body so if your immune system is overactivated or kind of it stays normal throughout like especially in the early weeks then what can happen is your immune system actually ta- attacks the baby and again that can be a, a cause for early pregnancy loss so um our immune system will naturally it's a good thing for it to decline it's doing what mm-hmm. what we needed to do um but obviously naturally we want to make sure that we're not boosting it but just make sure we're supporting our body with um with healthy things so the main things would be vitamin c and zinc those would be your two um main vitamins to make sure that you're topped up on because they'd really really support your immune system the other one again is vitamin d as well um everyone kind of instinctively thinks about vitamin d for uh, sorry vitamin c for immune system but your vitamin d is just as important for your immune system so really important to make sure you're topped up on that as well so yeah you can't just get enough vitamin d from like going for a walk outside you no just, you so it depends to. on the time of the year so from um, St. Patrick's Day to Halloween generally like or even probably St. Patrick's Day like March to September we can get sufficient vitamin D from the sun and we basically like absorb, absorb it um, and make it in our skin and then our body can use it up um, but from say like September Halloween to like St. Patrick's Day even if we do expose our skin, like even if the weather never is nice, but even if the weather is gorgeous and we expose our skin, where we live, the sun is actually, it's not strong enough to actually enable us to make that vitamin D through our skin. So anyone in Ireland has to supplement. And it's one of the reasons that we think that... um, people in Ireland have such high depression rates because we're all like so many of us are, are deficient to vitamin D. It's so, so important. That's the one thing that I say, like if there's one supplement that everybody needs to take, mm-hmm. it's vitamin D. That's so important.
0: It does sound like there's a lot that you should be taking, you know, it's kind of, it's probably overwhelming for people, especially um, if there are any women or men out there who are, um, you know, trying to get pregnant and also or women who are, in, who are pregnant uh. You know, to think about the list. You know, I need my folic acid, I need my vitamins, I need my uh, zinc, and all this. So, I mean, is the best way to just know that you are going to get all of that with the supplement, exactly. Yeah, as I said, it's like an insurance policy. So, a
2: a good quality prenatal and your omega three fatty acid would, especially if you are not eating your oily fish, those would be like you are covering your bases. And then, if you are over the age of thirty five and um, trying to conceive in that preconception window. The research has actually been shown um, that the research has shown that CoQ10 um, is really, really effective for fertility in anyone o- over the age of 35. So our, our CoQ10 levels will naturally decline as we age, and especially for anyone who is women or men who are over the age of 35. And what CoQ10 actually does is it can enhance the quality of egg health and and enhance the quality of sperm as well. So what it basically does is. It takes, uh, it takes um, substrates. So it takes carbohydrates, fats. It takes fuel essentially, and it, it enables it to, it, it converts it into energy that the cell can use. So the egg cell can use. So. The egg cell needs a huge amount of energy to do what it needs to do to be released, to travel down the fallopian tubes, to be fertilized, to implant into the lining of the uterus. And then to the most important thing is to um, is to grow and copy the correct number of chromosomes, because obviously we know that not copying the, the correct number of chromosomes will be an issue. And what CoQ10 does is it helps the egg with all of that energy, that energy demand, essentially. And it's the same with our sperm. So our sperm, again, once it fuses with the egg, those those two things will need to copy the correct number of chromosomes, um, in order for it to be a healthy pregnancy. So, coq ten for yeah, anyone over <laughs> the age of
0: of thirty five is really really important. Well that is one that I have to admit I have never heard of. Yeah. So like uh, I love this. I mean, I, I I love learning about it. It's so amazing to know. Um, and and how how can you boost that in your body or get it or out, like how can you, I don't even know how to phrase it yeah so <laughs> like can you eat it <laughs> yeah. so a, a
2: big thing is what what we're finding is what what's happening is we're, we're we tend to we're having babies a, that bit older and yeah. it's very normal to be having your first baby at 35 36 37, th- 37 38 yeah, 35 yeah pregnant. it's really yeah. normal um but what can happen in these circumstances is people can have, people can have issues and um, because you're just leaving it that little bit later Um, so one of the issues again is we know that our egg quality declines with age and sperm quality declines age people don't know about this yeah that's that's the don't thing. definitely don't yeah. talk yeah. about
0: that side of things enough it is kind of on the women's shoulders a yeah, lot when it, really it should 100% be
2: so I think I think the reason that there's this mis- misconception is yes um a man can have a baby when they're like 70 mm. but just because they produce produce sperm at 70 doesn't mean that it's high quality sperm either yeah. do you know yeah. so it does naturally decline it just so happens that we become infertile eventually um so so it's so so important to make sure that you're giving the egg and the sperm both of them what they need
0: mm-hmm. the
1: best chance possible yes yeah. to win the race yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I suppose exercise is something as well that's a bit of a kind of gray area when you're pregnant whether you're too tired to do it or you simply don't want to do it or you're kind of you know you love it and you feel like you shouldn't be doing it like what's the kind of recommended amount of
2: exercise you should be doing throughout a pregnancy so exercise is so so important and safe exercise is really really important it's been shown to reduce the incidence of gestational diabetes Mm -hmm. reduce the incidence of preeclampsia, and it reduces the incidence of um, perinatal depression as well. Like prenatal depression, that's definitely something that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the other things would be constipation. That can be really tough during pregnancy. Um, so like even just getting moving can really, really help get things moving. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. So yes, exercise is so important. But unfortunately, we tend to shy away from it because we're nervous, which is natural. Um, so it's all about like doing it. I suppose common sense prevails with these kind of things like if you're doing rugby <laughs> prior mm. to conception that's probably definitely something that you should um any kind of risky sports like absolutely we should we should cease doing them during pregnancy I remember and hearing
0: a lot about um people who loved ho- horse riding who had to stop is that just because yeah, of my fault?
2: yeah yeah <laughs> definitely um that would be like a big one Royals. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah
2: Exercise is so so important. Um, so like generally the recommendation is like three to five times a week. Even thirty minutes would be amazing. And it's all about, it's all about starting where you are. Like if if you don't do any exercises at all, there's no point in like aiming for shooting for the stars Mm -hmm. and then kind of falling short and then being disheartened. So like just start small. Like find something that you enjoy. Even if if you do nothing, even like walking would be amazing. Um, so generally as well the recommendation is don't pick up something that you've never done
0: before so okay. if you've never done cross-country skiing don't <laughs> pick up cross-country <laughs> skiing it's that's it's funny though because some people who who never who don't like exercise when they're pregnant they're like oh I have to do something because I have to keep fit yeah. you know and as you're saying it's just like not the best idea when you're actually not used to it well you kind of feel the pressure as well to do the actual like pre oh, yeah. classes you yeah. know yeah like I for
1: um in my first pregnancy like everything was open this is obviously pre pandemic but mm-hmm. uh, you know i just again i'm sorry to say i was just really lazy i just didn't really want <laughs> to and do. it was kind of like yeah. leaving work it's like that whole thing of like leaving work in a rush trying to get out the door trying to get to your class trying to did it and i just kind of was like what am i doing
2: yeah. you know like
1: i, I don't really You'd want to do, do this stressing like, yeah and like and, and, and any of the classes i did kind of try and do like a pre you know natal yoga whatever like, you're just kind of lying
0: there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Very, so I was, was like, what boring. am I actually <laughs> getting out of this? <laughs> they can be expensive. Like, they're expensive. They are expensive. Just for lying there. Yeah. And I know that obviously, obviously a lot of people who who are who always do yoga and, and Pilates, uh, they want to keep it up. Yeah. So it's beneficial for, for that reason. Yeah. And I remember doing yoga video because all of my... There was nothing open. I I had a COVID pregnancy, like literally nothing available to me. And I felt like I had to do something. Yeah. Because of that kind of pressure to be the... I don't know. Earth mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even really gentle, like. Even though. if it is just lying
2: there. Like when do you oh, actually nice. take. Yeah. When do you take 45 minutes. Of, like an hour out of your week. To actually just like be still. Which is nice. Um, mm. So I think. Maybe the exercise benefits. Aren't like hugely there. If it's a very very chilled out yoga session. And you're actually just lying there. But if you think about like. Psychological benefits yeah. of of chilling out. And just checking out for. For an hour. Um, but then again. Like it's just being mindful as well. Of like your intensity of exercise. So if you're I was really really used to like killing myself in the gym like that's just the way I trained for for years I did CrossFit style training and every session I trained like five times a week and every session I would be on the floor like gasping and that was just my norm I loved it so when I was again like precon in that preconception window, and when I was pregnant, I just had to totally pare back on those kind of things mm-hmm. and just be sensible. Like you are st- when, you, when you exercise, especially to something like that intensity, what you're doing is you're stressing your body out. You're stressing your your muscles in order for them to break down and then adapt and grow bigger and be stronger if that makes sense. So it is a stressor on your body. So it's just something to be mindful of like it's that like what
0: I say like the goldilocks effect of like not too much exercise, not too little, like somewhere that sweet spot is important. And um, how how was it for you when you had to tone down like that? I mean, did you was it easy for you to do because you knew that the reason it was for because you were pregnant or was it hard because you're used to it
2: um no it was easy I think as well like the previous pregnancy loss like just really put things into perspective to me that I was like wow like I just need to like if someone told me like I had to whatever stand on my head and my baby would be safe at the end of the day like I had I would hold my baby in my arms at the end of the day I would have done it so I totally paired back to the point where I probably like really really pared back nearly too much um and then to it was the middle of lockdown so I was just doing like the odd little workout like in in the office it was nothing major at all nothing compared to like throwing barbells over your head anyway
0: because <laughs> no, I remember you know somebody asked me recently uh you know what was it like for me to give up alcohol during pregnancy because like I like a glass of wine and I like to enjoy myself and um I found it as soon as I did find, find out I was pregnant I stopped completely like that second and I know like I know in the lead up I'd had had some drinks because it was Christmas and I didn't know um but I found it very easy for that reason I was like I I don't care you know what I don't what I can't eat anymore or drink um because it's for the baby yeah and I, I was. It's like, just a really nice motivation. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, I know same, for some people yeah. it is hard, especially for if you're like addicted to smoking. I know that that can mm. be really hard. But there are supports in all the hospitals to yeah. try and um, help you with that. But yeah. yeah.
1: The drink thing, I think though, like for me as well, um, I probably shouldn't admit this, but <laughs> I was kind of like. Oh, what's the point in having one glass of wine do you know what I mean? Yeah. like for me for me the sweet spot is three um and then you know you just have to try and make sure you're not convinced or convince yourself to have a fourth because that's when you're in trouble yeah. um yeah. but yeah so like i would just be like what's the point in having one glass of like or having like you know because like I'd, I'd happily go to like the pub or whatever and i just wouldn't drink yeah i'd just be like i'll just have like you know it's funny i was Coke the opposite i love
2: like the feeling and the ritual of like just like gla- one glass of wine it's like what i associate it with it's like mm-hmm. it's normally a friday or a saturday it's a real wine day and so i actually didn't mind like having like a half glass of wine here yeah. and there. one thing i couldn't find did anyone find an alcohol, alcohol wine that didn't taste like no. no. plong? no no and yeah. I, tried <laughs> I tried a lot i tried a lot <laughs> i tried a lot of them i tried a prosecco um like, oh yeah. yeah
1: so and it was just it wasn't worth it like i was so drinking bad. it just being, like. Yeah. I may to just have like a Ribena here, yeah. like yeah, and just yeah. put
2: it in a wine glass. There
0: was yeah. like NA
1: beer is actually okay. I oh. found like an IPA, an NA IPA
0: that was nice. I actually drank a good few um, Heineken zeros. Oh, nice! And I'm not like, okay. like normally a Heineken drinker or anything, but I did feel like it sort of. It's did like the, job the yeah. It's, there's something attendant. about it. Yeah, yeah, it's like the kind but of you can feelings only around have to it. Like Max, because just, you just I feel a bit sickly. Yeah, I think they all are like a yeah bit like that. Mm. again it's just kind of I'm just like oh no there's no point yeah I'm just gonna have my fizzy <laughs> yeah. drink yeah um
1: but yeah I think the thing is with exercise and like you know for me even in the preconception I suppose preconception is kind of where you think about it more um and I actually noticed the Instagram post that you put up the other day and you were saying about how you like hadn't really been tracking or you you weren't like you didn't cop on till afterwards of where you were in your cycle oh, and yeah. how it affected your feeling in the gym and mm-hmm. um, so is that something I and I think that's really interesting that obviously like you know it's a cycle so there's days where your hormones you know your progesterone your estrogen are higher and, and lower when you're trying to conceive is that something that you should kind of take into consideration with I suppose you know the foods you're eating the exercise you're doing how much sleep you're getting are they all do they all kind of feed into themselves um when you're trying to get to the point of conception
2: yeah so like when it comes to like your menstrual cycle obviously when I was kind of chatting about when you're not pregnant um you're gonna in a typical 28 day cycle you're gonna have these massive fluctuations in estrogen and progesterone which is gonna dictate your mood your appetite your performance in the gym your injury risk how you adapt to training um your sex drive obviously your sex drive there's no reason for it To be peaking 28 days a month We can only get pregnant yeah. Like six days in a month yeah. or Yeah six days in a month um, And that's something That people don't actually realise You can actually only get pregnant Six six days in a month it's I like know y- I think
1: that's because Like teenage scaremongering. Yeah <laughs> It's like Don't let them
2: look at your girls Yeah You know Yeah um, don't have sex, you will get pregnant, yeah, and that's I, like the Catholic old girl school yeah. kind of mantra. So, so yeah, you'll have a massive amount of of fluctuations in hormones. Um, whereas when it comes to pregnancy, they generally like stay more static. Like your progest- your progesterone, which is if you think about it pro gestation, pro pregnancy, is your it's your hormone that keeps you pregnant essentially. And progesterone is kind of a hormone that actually kind of keeps us like calm. It's one of the, the reasons that we're just so tired during pregnancy is because it really it has this kind of calm effect on us um, and it just makes us more lethargic it really slows us down for that reason and so it's just being mindful of again listening to your body and keeping keeping life as slow as possible and this kind of brings us on to like what do I call it, like your stress reduction strategy strategies and this is going to look different for everyone so um so for some people they might love doing meditation like using your apps like calm is really really good for anyone who does that um some people love doing breath work that's something that I've been doing recently some people will love doing journaling like just I'm I'm the type of person giving me a pen and paper and I'll just like keep writing. I love doing that like if I'm feeling overwhelmed about anything or just generally I, I tend to do it every day. I do like gratitude journaling every day and it's just really really puts things it really grains you and puts perspective on things and. Um, other things, obviously, some people love doing baths. My my best friend Lisa, like she just like bath every single night. I think she just really relished. She was like, "I'm never gonna have get to have a bath ever again." Yeah. <laughs> this baby comes along, so I'm gonna have like 200 baths. Um, so <laughs> that was a good her, idea because you yeah. don't get the chance to have a bath. Yeah. You do so and she just and I was like, "Oh yeah, another bath." And she's like, "Well, I'm never gonna get to do it." And she used to listen to her hypnobirthing tapes in the bath. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, she loved it, and she actually labored um a lot in the bath, whereas I didn't use the bath at all, and then. I was in like the depths labor and I was like, I'm going to try out the bath. And I was like, get me out of here. Oh my God, this is horrific. I I just had to keep moving for labor. But anyway, um so it's really like everyone's going to be different in terms of what works for them for like managing stress like I love as as well like going for a walk in nature earphones out um whether it's in the park whether it's by the sea and just listening to the sea it's so so lovely and just being like more in tune with nature that's what I really really love and I find that it just again just grounds me and puts things into perspective so it's whatever you find works for you and of course we can't just go and reduce our stress we can't just press pause on our work and our financial stress but it's just about okay what can we add in that's going to help manage things is really important and um, that's that's what my advice would be.
1: I know it's like it's that kind of golden thing of like all things in moderation but like putting it into practice sometimes is a lot harder than it looks or than than it seems um, but I suppose you know kind of Going just back to Proceive quickly, there are different types of proceeds that you can take for the difference. So there's a preconception supplement, then obviously there's the, as you find out you're pregnant, then there's like trimester one, two, and three. Um, then after pregnancy, is there anything that you should be taking like, cause I think I definitely feel like after pregnancy, your body is so depleted that like, that's possibly one of the most important times that you need to kind of start thinking about your nutrition and, and what you're, you're fueling yourself with. So
2: people, ins- women will instinctively post baby will just stop taking their prenatal. But I'm like, even though it's called a prenatal, like you should definitely still keep taking it. Your baby steals everything from you. <laughs> Like they literally just rob everything from you. Um, so it's really important to make sure that you're topped up on all of those vitamins that you were taking during pregnancy. I know pre- Proceve actually have just released like an afterbirth and breastfeeding um, multivitamin, which is great. And like, especially if for a woman who's breastfeeding, it's so important to make sure, because obviously they're going to, the baby will take a lot of nutrients, even more nutrients away from you if you're breastfeeding. And you're starving when you're breastfeeding. Oh my God. And I'm so, so thirsty. thirsty. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if you don't have your water, you're beside you. You're like, no. Usually you're, like you're constantly like after waking up from a hangover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so it's, it's so important to make sure that you're topped up and then as well, like if you think about it, um, like especially maybe on your second or third baby, maybe not so much in your first, because people like really like gather around and maybe you've a little bit more time in the kitchen, but you don't have that. You're not as, as well on top of like your balanced, nutritious meal. So it's so important to have, again, what I would call that insurance policy post baby to make sure that you're, you're stocked up and looking after yourself. Cause as the old saying goes, you have to put yourself first. You can't pour from an empty cup. <laughs> Yeah. I think um, that's one of the best gifts you can actually give a new mum is
1: food. Like, uh, oh like my a God. meal delivery. 100%. You know, like, because it's just to, to, to ensure that they have, like, a nice hot yeah. cooked meal. Like, obviously, takeaway is lovely. But, yeah. you know, that you're actually just getting something that's really nutritious yeah.
2: when you need it the and most. Yeah, easy. It's only since I've had a baby, I'm like, I will never buy a mother baby clothes ever again. I know. I <laughs> will <laughs> buy you food or a voucher for a hotel. Or, like, yeah, a voucher for a meal.
1: Or a babysitting voucher. So much great information about nutrition, about different kind of things we can do pre- during and post-pregnancy and if people want to find out more information where can they find out more I suppose about Proceive and also about the kind of services that you offer.
2: So the um, website is proceive.com and then if you want to find more about myself and our team and my services it is thefitclinic.ie or thefitclinic on Instagram. Okay (laughs) brilliant, thank thank you so much Thank Thank you. you so
0: much